and boom goes the Episode 86 of Boom Goes a Dynamite, the AEW Dynamite Review Show here on the PWOM Podcast Network. I'm Jeffrey. With me tonight is Paul Sebastian. Paul, how you doing, man? Uh, you know, not so good, Jeff. Uh, I was mm, just about to retire from this podcast, and then you came in and smacked me in the back of the head with a microphone. So damn right. I guess we're I guess we're still going. So uh, let's make a podcast. You know. The last week or so, we we have felt so good about professional wrestling, you know. And and Nick Gage, honestly, let, let's give credit where it's due. Nick Gage had a lot to do with that. Yeah, know? I think rest, professional wrestling as a whole was like riding the Nick Gage wave, and like he really was like at the top of this swell of professional wrestling popularity, like a little moment we were having yeah. that was driven by the leader of the Murder Death Kill Gang himself. Yeah, and I'm also know, I'm wearing one of my MDK T-shirts uh, right now at the time and, of this. Part. And, and, you know, I mean, it, it, it cascaded into other things like, you know, Shingo beating Hiroshi, Shingo Takagi beating Hiroshi Tanahashi. That was awesome. I like that. Um, Shun Skywalker of Dragon Gate, and I'll be talking about him later on in the show. Um, Shun Skywalker had two match of the year candidate matches this past weekend at the uh, at Dragon Gate's Kobe World Shows. You know, where he retained against uh, KZ, but then lost the Open the Dreamgate title to the, you know, perennial ace of the company, Yamato. So, you know, there's an uphill battle there. But, you know, also, you know, feeling so good after, I mean, it was sad, but we felt good about Masato Yoshino. He he lived to make it to his retirement. And then we hit, we start getting weird news about WWE releasing Bray Wyatt. And then last night, some shit hit the fan on yeah, AEW I don't think, Okay, Dark. so let me let's start by saying none of these things are really related to each other. No, but, but I mean, but I mean, but I mean, <laughs> so it was like let's a, make sure well, let's make sure we distance the previously mentioned people from what we're about to talk. Right, about. but I mean, it was just it, it, <laughs> right, but I mean, it was just we all felt good about wrestling, yes. and then last night the well, shit hit well, the fan. I'm not gonna, I, I still feel good about wrestling, and, and dumb shit will not make me not feel good about wrestling. That's just like a cop out to like I'm not gonna stop it, and I don't think that like wrestling should be taken as a whole every time some a guy acts like an idiot and i have to be the one eating crow on this right yeah so, I, I was gonna mention but you know what thank I'm, you for taking the hit on this i pride here yeah yeah i've talked multiple weeks uh, uh about um max caster and how good i think max caster is and i still think that i think max caster is very good i think he's uh, uh one of the more uh, uh talented guys like you know at his level uh, right now, and I still think that there's a, a big upside to him. I still think we've not seen anywhere close to what the ceiling for Max Caster could be. That being said, 
Max Caster really fucked up on AEW Dark. Um, he he did one of his rap promos, and and this is you know I guess what to almost what you can expect out of out of something like this, and and where this gimmick can go. Uh, you play Edgelord games, you get Edgelord prizes, right, Jeff? Yeah. So we, you know, he's towed the line and he's, he's flown pretty close to the sun uh, on some of his previous stuff, but still been funny and, you know, still drawn, you know, heat and been, you know, at a level where I think is acceptable on television. Uh, this one was not, and I don't want to get into the content of it. Cause I don't think we need to, if you, if you want to hear what Max Caster had to say specifically, you can look it up yourself. I don't, I'm not going to bring up, you know, a couple of the jokes because I just don't want that kind of content on our podcast. Um, Fair. But yeah, you know, he he uh, he went some places that I don't think you should go as a television wrestler. And it's not like and, and the my biggest problem isn't just the content. It's that also it's not funny and, or good or doesn't you know generate the kind of response you want it to. So it's a failure at all fronts. Right. So no matter which lens you look at it, it failed. Uh, and it and, and these kind of things can't happen. Tony Khan has addressed it already uh, by saying he's going to start editing dark himself and dark elevation himself. Um, and, you know, new development that was announced or, rec- or happened, you know, during dynamite uh, Max Caster was pulled from his upcoming beyond wrestling appearance. He was supposed to be wrestling at dong work for Yuta this weekend. I believe uh, that's not happening now. Well, you know, here's, here's one of the things is that this was pre-taped and you think somebody would have caught this. Yes, and Tony Khan also mentioned that, that it should have been caught, and somebody should have said, no, 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 we can't have this on television. Uh, failure at all fronts. Everyone did a bad job. AEW did a bad job. Uh, their their social media team did a bad job uh, posting it. They, the people that run their YouTube stuff did a bad job. Tony Khan did a bad job uh, missing the oversight. Those kind of promos and those things, especially if you're going to have heels, like say shit, like that should always be approved by the uh, by the top brass. Uh, I feel like Tony would not have let that happen. I would hope not. Uh, and he claims that he would not have let that happen had he known. So I'm going to try to take him on good faith, take him at his word, and hope these kind of things don't happen again. Max does deserve um, a little punishment for this. He needs to sit in the doghouse for a minute and uh, and kind of learn from his mistakes. I hope he does. Because, again, I do think he's talented, and I do think he can move past it. But, uh, you know, it has to start right away. And maybe keeping him off TV for a little bit, and when he comes back, let's, you know, maybe ease him in and not have him go so hard. Well, you know, sometimes a shithead is just a shithead. So, you know, it... Uh... Well, here's Max Caster is a shithead. We knew this before this rap. Uh, but, you know, a heel can be a shithead. It's okay. But, you know, this is 2021. What's acceptable on television and what's not acceptable on television is pretty clearly defined. Uh, you know, we... Max knows better. Well, it Max just... It, no it, better. And this is probably like a thing about him feeling himself too much, right? He's been, you know, getting away with a lot. Uh, you know, he's been gaining some popularity and I think he just got, you know, uh, a little too overzealous and decided he was going to, you know, really shoot the moon here. And uh, he overshot it. And, and I, you know, I think it comes from a place of, you know, again, he's like an edgelord type of guy that wants to like, you know, quote unquote, offend everybody or whatever. That shit doesn't work, man. Most of the time it doesn't work. And that's why I think I was impressed with it so much originally is that he was making it happen uh, uh, to a point. Yeah. I mean, like I say, it, I mean, the, yeah, it, it just plane wasn't funny and in fact yeah, no, it was of, it was awful in fact all bad line one yeah. to, from every stanza was bad every bar was bad uh it shouldn't have happened it should have just all been cut someone should have told him no uh, uh bowens should have told him no someone should have been like max nah dude yeah just so hopefully yeah. he learns from this and uh and we all move forward you I, know I, this I, is not you know, it's not like the even you know 12th most offensive thing that someone's done in wrestling even in the last decade probably but still pretty bad well, I, I even heard that there was a similar type 
promo cut on Raw this week, which came from, you know, the from Rosemont, and uh, I heard it was a complete train wreck. Um, the only similarity <laughs> that those two shared were both making a reference to Simone Biles, which, again, just hack shit. It's yeah. just hack. Yeah, yeah, it's it, just hacky as hell. It is. And to be like a person that like entertains crowds for a living and to like you know make fun of Simone Biles, like maybe you should try looking in the mirror. Yeah, well, no, I I agree, but also yeah, yeah, and I heard Raw was a complete train wreck, but that wasn't the only disappointment from last time. I'm just gonna quickly mention that um, my interest in in NJPW resurgence is kind of waning a little bit on a few fronts. Number one, they announced last night that. Um, Tomohiro Ishii will be facing Moose, which... Ugh, ugh. I just don't even want to bother talking about Moose. Fuck that guy. Yeah, but also, John Moxley is supposed to have a mystery partner against the Good Brothers. I have a feeling I know who it is, and I'm not happy. Who do you think it is? Sammy Callahan, because they, oh, yeah, they yeah, just, they they just announced in October he's going to be teaming with Callahan and Pro Wrestling Revolver. Yeah, it would it would make sense. I mean, this was probably supposed to be shooter prior. Uh, oh, it was definitely supposed to be shooter. So you know, yeah. it is what it is. You know, maybe it'll maybe we'll get lucky. It'll be Kingston, but yeah, you're probably right. Oh, well, well, no, they're, they're talking about you know, it's an old buddy. So yeah, 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 yeah they no, are. Nice. Well, I, I well, I mean, I don't feel it was number one. Fuck Sammy Callahan. Number two, the last time Sammy Callahan was in New Japan, it was uh, not good. <laughs> it was yeah. just uh, awful. And, well, that w- and that would have been the World Tag League uh, 2017, so. Okay. Uh, did you see, well, obviously we all know about Dark and Elevation, so I guess we kind of already talked about Dark and Elevation, so unless there's anything else you want to add from that. No. Okay. Well, in that yeah. case, we go <laughs> live. We are back after a month away at Daly's Place in Jacksonville, Florida for episode 86 of AEW Dynamite, your host, Jim Ross, Tony Schiavone, and Excalibur. We go right into our first match of the evening, and it is the third labor of Jericho, in which Chris Jericho must win by a move off the top rope. Chris Jericho versus his old nemesis, Juventud Guerrera. Um, I did not realize that Juve had gone back to being masked. I don't... I think he probably... Oh, he Okay, so I know he was masked when I saw him in... Was that early 2020 he was in Chicago? At AAW, I think it was early 2020 so. or late 2019, somewhere around there. I know he was masked. I don't know if he just goes between it now because it's like whatever at this point. But yeah, um, I, I figured he would be masked for this match at the very least. I, I, I've um, heard that there's like kind of an unspoken rule amongst the luchadors that work WCW that if they lost their mask in there, they just kind of ignore it. Now. It doesn't count. Yeah, pretty much. Well, that makes sense. I mean, and then I guess if you're Rey Mysterio, you can just do whatever you want. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> um, MJF went back on commentary. Actually, I didn't think he was bad on commentary. Uh, I will um, take it a little a step further, Jeff, and I will say MJF was quite good on commentary this evening. Uh, we did get a, a mask rip, which was nice, but I also yeah. thought, I also thought that this match had took a few minutes to get in gear. Absolutely, that like, was it was not it was not thrilling me. And you know that that's that's all related to timing, where a lot of this match is problems. And you got two guys in their late forties, close to fifty, who haven't wrestled each other in two decades, so they have a familiarity, but you know their bodies, their styles, their speeds have all changed. So, you know, I'm sure it's easy to go in expecting one thing and then getting something slightly different and that throwing you a little bit off, right? right. 
It did take a few minutes, but I, the finish was really strong. The last few minutes of this match really came together. Well, I mean, I do have a note that saying, that, you know, that they, the, you know, a, a, a this is awesome chance erupted. I was like, mm, no. I would say <laughs> like this is, awesome. th- I would be like, this is pretty good. Mm, this is kind of okay. This is pretty good, and I, I, I'm really enjoying it, mostly for nostalgia. Clap, 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 clap. Um, now I will say this that. They they actually worked the top rope gimmick very well for Jericho with that very clever transition in, in into the lion tamer, but also the finish, which was the corkscrew avalanche Judas effect. Yes, the top rope Judas effect was was a really nice touch there. Yeah, I think this what this match did well is what the five labors of Jericho is doing well, and that's just telling a coherent story through you know this this entire kind of uh, uh encounter that Jericho's having with these five different tests it's like he's a he's a fighting game character whose health bar isn't resetting all the way between matches and right. they're playing that really nicely like this is kind of like a lost art in some of these narratives in pro wrestling where like a guy has a match and they come back like at 100% Jericho's very much showing his wear and tear match to match uh, they're doing a good job mentioning that on commentary. And yeah, you're, I think you really feel like Jericho's getting put through the ringer here. So much so to the point that, uh, you know, wrestling people that are quote unquote in the know are tweeting about like, is Jericho okay? Like he looks off physically. Yeah. And that's very funny to me because like, brother, it is in fact a work. Um, you know, it's I, a work. I, I am going to also side note this. I am actually very surprised that they actually showed some of the clips from the Nick Gage match that they did um, in, in, in advertisements for this episode. Like they actually showed. I'm not the, surprised the, after what they fucking showed with Cash Wheeler. We'll get to that later, but I'm ooh. not surprised by anything anymore. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Uh, anyway, Jericho does get the win with the said uh, corkscrew avalanche Judas effect. Uh, Wardlow immediately attacks. And uh, we find out our fourth labor, uh, Wardlow from Pittsburgh uh, this is, next this week. This is good usage. This is smart. Uh, with MJF at ringside. Now, I originally thought that that was going to be MJF as the special referee. That's what it felt like. And then they clarified it in a graphic later that MJF is just, you know, there. Yeah. that. Yeah. That, that, I don't, Which is, like, yeah. fine, I guess. Whatever. Yeah, I guess. So. Making uh, the ref would have been far more interesting. Yeah, I, I thought that I I totally thought that that was what was going to happen. So, um, we then go backstage with uh, Penta El Cerro Miedo y Rey Phoenix y Alex Abrahantes. Uh, they get uh, interrupted by uh, Andrade El Idolo y Chavito Guerrero. Uh, we find out that e, that other guy who's there. Yeah, we don't. Really, I don't think we even know his name, do we? E El Other Gallo. Um. We found out PAX Travel got canceled somehow, some way. Um, I'm just going to point out that I don't think that's an excuse for why Pat couldn't have recorded a message for uh, Masato Yoshino's retirement. But uh, come on, buddy. <laughs> oh, well, uh, I got to say, this was, uh, you know, uh, setting up more story of um, Andrade canceling all of PAX Ubers this week. And uh, the best part of this was when Andrade sauntered up and said, hey, niños. Yeah. <laughs> That was kind of funny. Blatant uh, disrespect. Very but, you stuff. know, honestly, is Andrade really exciting anybody in AEW so far? Yes. Is yes. he? Is yeah. he? Yes. What do you mean? Yeah. I just don't feel like, it. Absolutely. It, it just hasn't felt right yet, you know? like L- Look at him. Look at I, I him. Mean, I, I, I've seen the man. He, he look is, at him. He's quite dashing, yes. <laughs> Here's the thing. You don't. 
when you see Andrade El Idolo standing there in a suit looking the way he does, you don't yell and cheer and scream. You go, oh, he's so cool. Like, it's it's more of a, oh, it's a jaw drop kind of thing. And that's <laughs> what we're building towards. And we're getting him into a place where this is a really good early story to tell with him. You know, him trying to recruit and bring around, you know, guys that he considers, you know, on his level or worthy of his time, right? But then having to you know, do some dastardly stuff to another top level talent, which is going to lead to a Pac and Andrade match, which is going to roll. I am just going to point out that there is, uh, that there are only 10 days until, uh, triple mania. And, uh, you know what, Paul, I think I may actually, I, I'm vaguely considering actually watching triple mania over that new Japan show. <laughs> triple mania is always fun. Like triple mania is always a good time. Uh, you know you're going to get at least like Nino Hamburguesa in like a six-man or something. That'll be a nice time. Right. There's going to be a lot of clowns. Um, you know, some maybe Vampiro will yell at someone. There's a lot no, of no, Vampiro's persona non grata at, uh, in, in AAA right now. So. Oh, yeah? Is he on the outs again? Oh, yeah. Well, you got three weeks, man. You never a lot can happen in three weeks, Jeff. Well, never ten, say never. No, we have, t- we have ten days. <laughs> oh, well, we have ten days, Jeff. Never say never. A lot can happen. <laughs> Um, yeah, the, uh, and of course, you know, the reason I bring that up, of course, is Andrade is, uh, supposed to be facing Kenny Omega for the Mega Campeonato, so, uh, yeah. Uh, hmm. Very interesting that they have not said a word about this on AEW. Not a blessed thing. You, I guess maybe the week before, I guess this is maybe something you can hype on Rampage. Ah, uh, you got time. Yeah, well, that, well, Rampage will be the day before. So, yeah. I don't know, man. <laughs> well, I mean, that first, well, I guess, yeah, the first Rampage would be the day before. Yeah. It, so, yeah I mean, yep. you probably want to say something there either way. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, we then go backstage with the Dark Order and Tony Schiavone, and uh, Adam Page comes by and kind of just collects his things because... Uh, by his things, you mean one beer. Precisely, yes. By collecting uh, his things, he was collecting precisely one can of beer. And uh, yeah, he. Uh, I think he, he he needs some time off. He he needs. Yeah, to he, he thinks it. that he uh, uh, shares the blame for uh, Alex Reynolds and John Silver not getting their title shot. Yeah, uh, he uh, is down in the dumps about this the, this whole elite stuff. So he thinks they should go their separate ways for a while. And you know, sadness. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, oh, but, we, you know, we, they, they say no, Evil Uno says give him some space, and uh, more on that later. Yep, more on that later. Uh, our second match of the evening, uh, John Moxley, Eddie Kingston, and Darby Allen with Steve Stinger against Daniel Garcia, Matt Lee, and Jeff Parker. Now, I have n- had no idea who any of those latter trio were. Apparently, they were in Shikara and NXT at various stages, yeah, Daniel uh, Garcia, the guy I've seen a little bit of. I've seen none of 2.0 until now. Yeah, and apparently they used to be called 3.0. So, but, yeah, sometimes you're sometimes you're 3.0, sometimes you're 2.0. There are two of them, so I guess that makes sense. Yeah, I don't know. It's like how in that that boy band movie Together, one of the guys didn't think they should be named Together because there was five of them. They should be named Five Together, and that makes sense. I have no idea what movie you're talking about. It was a sit uh, like a. Um, an MTV made for TV, like a uh, satire about boy bands from like the year 2000, probably. Wow. Uh, it's very funny. It's a classic. If you know about Together, shout out. You can tweet us about Together um, at BGTD Podcast. And when I say Together, it's not the word Together. It's the number two. And then the, the, the T, the second T that's supposed to be there is a plus sign. 
Now, I know that there was there's that Girls 5 Eva uh, show on Peacock now. Five ever, uh, also makes sense if there's five of them. Yeah, now I, I, I'm just going to point That's why Matchbox 20 should have been Matchbox 5. I am going to point out that I'm Are there kinda... five guys in Maroon 5? I don't know. Would Maroon 5 eat at five guys? I don't know. I know that the Dennis and Kimball trio was only uh, Dwayne Dennison and uh, and Kimball from the well, G- from the Jesus Lizard. So, and it's crazy that Steely Dan was one guy. No, it wasn't. Yeah, it was. It's just that guy named Dan, and he's really Steely. No, <laughs> no, Are that's you sure? no, that's not why that's they were called. Right. That. No, that's not why they were called that. Are you sure about this? Folks, if Steely Dan is more than one guy, you can tell me I'm wrong. At well, first of all, it was definitely more than one guy. Number two, oh, I, I know what the I know what the name I don't know what the name references. It's one guy. Um, he he li- he likes things that are made of steel. <laughs> he wears a lot of stainless steel jewelry, so they call him Steely Dan. Do, do you want to know the actual origin of that of that band name? I feel like you're gonna tell me. It's the name of a dildo from Naked Lunch by William S. Burroughs. Ah, that's what it is. I remember it was some sort of goofy shit like that. I saw Steely Dan once um, in New Orleans, and uh, Michael McDonald uh, came back and did backup vocals for the encore. Uh, Pretty great stuff. Steely Dan, uh, notably. Donald Fagan is an underrated songwriter, I have to say. Is he underrated? I don't think underrated is probably the way to describe Donald Fagan, right? He's, like, pretty properly rated. Is he, though? Yeah, I feel like everybody, like, like, music people are like, yeah, Donald Fagan. Okay, back to the match. Uh, this was a very fun match, and I was actually very impressed by Daniel Garcia. I Steely Daniel Garcia. Steely Daniel Garcia. That's right. Wait, what if? What if wait, what if Sean Spears brought a steel chair out that he called Steely Dan? Ooh boy! <laughs> Tell me that one, dry heat brother. Okay, no, but like, oh, like back to this match. You know, no, this was this was good stuff. Um, we had we ain't gonna do it without the fez on. Oh no, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> All right, um, no, but really, it it was good. Um, I, the the Tope Suicida uh markout moment is probably the moment everyone's gonna remember from this. Yeah, match. that that could have gotten dangerous. I mean, they had to time that just right because if he wasn't prepared for it, then yeah, he could have gotten took a lot of accuracy from a lot of people and also a lot of bravery because sting and uh 2.0 guy had to like stare right ahead at each other and like couldn't look off to their peripherals yeah, that was matt lee who, who matt took lee that okay one. yeah that was shout out matt lee for taking a really good tope uh yeah really fun moment now that one's gonna be gift a lot i'm sure uh i i made the comment to you and and others uh red death rider uh when mox hit that death rider on daniel garcia because of course hey. daniel garcia oh pardon me uh, Daniel Garcia had that, uh, his trunk said Red Death on him, so. A Red Death Rider, indeed. Uh, and then another great moment at the end of that was Eddie Kingston, not one to ever miss out on a moment, uh, grab Sting, and they all have, like, a little embrace, right, looking at the hard cam. Good yeah, stuff. Yeah, that, that, that was fun. Yeah, uh, Kingston was in full Kawada mode with his gear tonight, too. The, the, yes. The black and yellow, so, yeah. We haven't had basketball shorts, Eddie, in a very while. More, very much in Dangerous K mode. Dangerous Kingston mode. Um, yeah, where, yeah, where is, uh, where have the, uh, basketball shorts been? Of course, that's I, more Misawa mode, you know, cause there was the colors. So yeah. Where are basketball shorts ever, Jeff? They're probably like, uh, fold, like crumpled up at the bottom of a closet and then you find them later and you go, Oh, these shorts, I really like these. They're so comfortable. And then you sniff them and it's like, Oh shit. <laughs> yeah. I better wash them. Then you put them on anyway and your girlfriend gets mad at you. 
We then go to a uh, a a tape promo with Brian Cage versus Team Taz, and uh, you know, promising more shenanigans to come. Brian Cage still cannot cut a promo for shit. The the delivery was the issue here. Uh, you know, he's a, a victim of something that a lot of wrestlers that you know aren't like great promo people, uh, uh, you know, are susceptible to, and it's going too fast. Steve Austin always says, "When you think you're going too slow, slow down." And he's right, especially when it comes to cutting promos. This is something that Charlotte Flair is really good at. If you ever listen to Charlotte Flair cut a promo, she's always speaking way too slowly. Isn't she the this one who made the Simone Biles comment? Yes, she is. But oh, well, maybe not, not Maybe not the best example this week. WWE wrestlers don't write their own promos, first of all. Um, well, one, that so much is one, true. <laughs> one, they don't write their own material. So, But I, I'm talking about delivery right now. And delivery-wise, that's like really important to do, is to let things breathe, to give things time, to enunciate, to get all those things out. But uh, uh, when you're speaking so fast, you're going to slur words, you're going to blend words together and you're not going to have the kind of effective promo delivery that you need. And even with, you know, the benefit of editing for these pre-tapes, it really stood out. He has to fix that. Someone just has to tell him, slow down, dude. And that's pretty fixable because like the cadence wasn't too bad. And the tone of this promo was good. Like his intensity is good. He just has to slow it down. It's like a pretty little refinement that could really make a dramatic difference in the quality of his delivery. Uh, we then have another backstage promo with the elite uh, continuing the basketball metaphor where they're just kind of burying Paige and uh, and the Dark Order and uh, the Cookie Monster thing. Now, is is the Cookie Monster thing supposed to be some subtle dig at CM Punk? That's what some people are saying. I just think Kenny's a dork and thought the shirt was goofy. Um, but maybe I mean, it, it, you know what? It wasn't a bad shirt. I mean, I have a kermit shirt that's you know, yeah i mean if you if, lines, if you're yeah. like and it, you know it, and probably it matched those like uh jorts he had on yeah uh, you know so there was a lot it was a whole fit uh my i wasn't even barely looking at that what i want to know is who gave luke gallows one of rick flair's ropes Ooh, buddy he's just straight up wearing one of rick's ropes <laughs> i'm guessing that's a conrad thompson joint right uh, I couldn't tell you. <laughs> I want to find out where he got that. That's what I really want to know. Luke Ellis just straight up wearing a Rick robe. Boy, oh boy. Very uh, funny. We then get our third match of the evening, Christian Cage versus The Blade. Um, Did it seem like the crowd was really muted when Christian Cage came out? Because it seemed like they, they had really had to kind of warm up and, and be coaxed into this match, it seemed like. Maybe, but again, a match that you know once it got going, I thought was quite good too. Um, there was again a couple little timing things, but uh, uh, I think Blade's a really good ring hand. This match was what it was supposed to be. Um, the stuff with the bunny and Layla was nice foreshadowing for the match ahead. That was great. I, I like that stuff. Yeah. So yeah, and that, that's kind of what this match's goal was in the first place. Christian Cage is here to get people over. And even people that aren't in the match getting over with the match that he's involved in, uh, which I think is great. And I think, you know, this ma this show did a lot of, you know, that, like a lot of people sacrificing to get people over. And we'll definitely talk about that later. Uh, so, yeah, Christian gets the win over the blade. Uh, no brass knuck spot this time. And uh, yeah. he goes for the brass knuck spot and gets speared leading to the pin. And then we see one of the. Grossest things ever on AEW oh. television that had nothing uh. to do with Nick Gage. Um, oh, man. Oh. Yeah, they so actually we... showed a freeze frame of the moment where uh, Cash Wheeler's bone protruded from his arm. 
Yeah, so last week when this happened, we didn't catch it uh, on the live watch and we didn't discuss it on the podcast. We thought he might have got cut. And we were worried about the arm cut. And I mentioned, you know, being at the G-Raver thing and seeing what arm cuts can do. And we know he was bleeding pretty profusely. Come to find out, um, the man snapped his arm in half and the blood was from his bone just like poking through his entire skin. Uh, And and yeah, AEW decided to zoom in on that. (laughs) So, yeah, thanks, guys. (laughs) Oh, man. I Yeah, I had the same reaction as when I first saw it. I was like, oh! Oh, no. oh boy! Oh boy! Yeah, that oh, that man. that was something we did not need to see. I'm sorry. It was we did. You know. You know what? I I, I could I could have taken all the Nick Gage stuff. Yeah, that was man. something I could, did not need to Ooh. see. Yeah, it was uh, it was tough, but uh, I'm glad to see that they were keeping this up uh, somehow, and that you know uh, Dax has an axe to ground and wants revenge uh, for his fallen partner. I'm interested to see what they do. I guess maybe he brings in Sean Spears, maybe he gets another temporary partner, maybe we get a handicap match. I- I'm excited to see what happens. Uh, we then get a, an in-ring segment with uh, Tony Schiavone, Doctor Britt Baker, DMD. And, uh, you know, I love the fact that you continue this bit where you're like half a second off from me when I say that's that. just because of the delay that the thing does. There's no way around it. So I'm always going to keep trying <laughs> one day. It'll match up. And, uh, you know, well, thank you, Skype and uh, and Rebel uh, Rebels out there, too. Not uh, Reba. Not Reba. Uh, I love that she has the, the crutch now, even though she's like completely healed. Yeah, it's, it's like it's like it's like Cowboy Bob Orton's cast. Well, I mean, they already yeah. made the T-shirts, so we got to keep it around for a while. Right. Uh, we then get interrupted by Red Velvet, who lays out a challenge to the good doctor. And uh, that match will happen at the Pittsburgh debut of AEW Rampage uh, a week from this Friday on Friday the 13th. Of, uh, so of I think this is a really good uh, anchor for the premiere of Rampage. And we're going to talk a little bit about the premiere of Rampage at the end of the podcast. But uh, I think this is a good start. Obviously, you got your hometown star in Britt Baker anchoring it with a fresh title contender and somebody that I think we want to have more eyes on on TV. Uh, someone we're high on, Red Velvet. Yep. I mean, it, it works. Now, it kind of makes me wonder what they're going to do for Dynamite. But, uh, well, I mean, we know at least one thing that's going to happen on Dynamite. Uh, Remember, Britt's still healing. So give her all the chances oh, that true. she can to heal. I didn't think she would wrestle prior to All Out. So I'm not even surprised that this match is happening. And I'm guessing that they're going to probably try to uh, protect her arm a little bit with the booking of this match. But, um, you know, I think it's, it, you know, you got to get Britt on that screen in Pittsburgh. Uh, we then have a backstage segment with uh, Andrade El Idolo y Chavito, uh, where they basically just beat the shit out of Fuego del Sol. And that's Fuego del Sol's lot in life now is just getting Rest shit. in peace, Fuego del Sol, again. He just gets the shit beat out of him. So moving on. AEW's Kenny McCormick, truly. Uh, We then get an in-ring segment with Tony Schiavone and Adam Page, where he, uh, Tony wants to know what was going through Page's mind when he decided to split from the Dark Order again. And we get interrupted by the Elite. Uh, The Elite. Adam tries to talk to the Elite. He says he has something to say, but, you know, the Elite just can't help themselves and like to hear themselves talk, so... Uh, they, they kept talking. That's true. They kept talking, and they did. Uh, and Adam Page clocked uh, clocked Kenny, and that led to the beatdown. Yes, so uh, he's getting beaten down. Dark Order comes out, wants to help. Evil Uno and so- Stu Grayson say no. This is what he wanted, boys. This yep, is what he wanted. It's true. This was uh, this was the bet he made. So give him the space. Let him learn himself. And I love this because 
here's something I don't know if people are thinking about this right now, but this is a really, really good way to bring Dark Order back to that cult mentality, right? Evil Uno and Stu Grayson letting Adam Page take that beat down and then saying, look, you really can't do this without us. We are your saviors. Mm, yeah, the, the, there is a lot us. of that. There's a way we could kind of bring and you know, we've spent a lot of time, you know, uh, with Dark Order kind of stepping out of that original role and, you know, being the guys who, you know, came together with the loss of their leader, with the loss of their friend. Um, and, you know, we've been we've been mourning and kind of grieving with Dark Order and we've been kind of kind of going through this right now and through their healing process. Right. Uh, this is, I think, a really great way to get Dark Order back on what like a semblance of its original track was and have it still make a lot of sense. And I, if we pull the trigger and we go that way, uh, bravo. Now, uh, we also get uh, some assistance from Frankie Kazarian, the so-called elite hunter. Uh, I know that next, uh, actually tomorrow, as we record this on Impact, uh, Kazarian will be teaming with Sammy Callahan and... Uh, Eddie Edwards against uh, Kenny and the Good Brothers. Ah, that's fun. So there's, right. there's a little bit of that right. going on. But yeah, um, yeah. so that's where we are with Adam Page, and we still don't have a match for All Out. So, uh, Well, it was announced that Christian Cage is now the current number one contender, so let's uh, keep that in mind. I cannot see that. I mean, I mean, I don't all see out, why I mean, not. This is, I think. I mean, all I mean, out's already sold out. So, well, and, and we talked about so a little bit. We mentioned, you know, uh, the exhaustion or, you know, the idea that AEW is bringing in too many people. But I think, uh, or you know, are people going to get sick of Adam Page being denied? But I think if Kenny Omega's next three opponents are Christian Cage, CM Punk, and Brian Danielson, we'll be fine. And Christian Cage is the the natural first on that list. Uh, yeah, I don't know, while. man. He's got a he strung a few wins together, and he's gonna give Kenny Omega a good match. What's um, wrong with that? Hey, uh, two. I don't two, see a problem. Two related notes about about what we were just talking about. Number one, uh, you saw who got signed to AEW today. Officially, uh, yes, there is. I mean, well, it's being reported yes. by people who are usually good at this sort of thing. That AEW did gain a new addition to the roster in one uh, Ruby Soho, formerly Ruby Riot, formerly Heidi Lovelace. Yep, good old Heidi. So congratulations, Heidi. She does not want to go by Heidi anymore. It was not a name she ever wanted in the first place, apparently. So she. Oh, uh, well, okay, fair enough. So, yeah, I guess she talked about this I, 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 with Lars Fredrickson, actually. So uh, Ruby was on Lars Fredrickson's podcast and talked about that. And Lars said, yeah, we'll just be Ruby Soho. That rocks. And uh, I'll get the song cleared for you. And she was like, no way. He's like, yeah, I'll get on a group chat and have it done in 10 minutes. Okay. So All right. like, you know what? That's thank fair. you, Lars Fredrickson. You know what? It, it, cool. If she doesn't want to go by Heidi Lovelace anymore, we can retire it. That That's, that's, yeah, that's retired, entirely so, fair. Uh, sounds like Ruby Soho is going to be her working name, which is a great working name. I think it that is. rocks. Uh, it sounds like Ruby Soho is going to be her entrance theme, which, holy fuck, that's going to be so awesome. Uh, but also... Um, Speaking of all out, um, if shit gets worse around here with the Delta variant and everything else, uh, there may be some AEW tickets and, and GCW tickets for sale coming soon from uh, yours truly. Because I don't know, I, I may be reconsidering this. You're vaxxed. Wear a mask. No, I'm going. I was going to anyway, but yeah, I don't. I don't... Get one of those really cool, like expensive, two hundred and fifty dollars masks that UFC sells. That they make all their athletes wear around their necks to their entrances. Uh, but they don't actually ever put on their face because they're probably garbage, uncomfortable pieces of shit. 
You can get one of those guys. I'm sure that'll be very tactical. Very give you some tactical eh, tactical coverage. Hey, what a uh, hey, what a transition there too, brother. Because uh, after this, the past segment, we get Dan Lambert talking some shit, saying he's coming for Lance Archer next week in Pittsburgh, and he's bringing backup. He's bringing backup. So, so we'll, uh, what do you think? Do you think uh, current wrestler, old time wrestler, or MMA guy? Probably MMA guy, but I'm gonna say MMA guy because I hope it's an MMA guy. Uh, I want it to be an MMA guy. American Top Team has a lot of people. I mean, it could. Where's Kane Velasquez at? Is he still there? Uh, I just read a thing on Lucha Blog that Kane Velasquez is due to return to AAA sometime in December. Okay. Well, let's see. Where is Kane? Kane is at AKA with Daniel Cormier. That's right. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. So, so no. So he, not it Kane, wouldn't... but uh, I, I, mean, I would assume he'd probably bring in a heavyweight. I have to look at the American top team roster. Uh, Cause I, I, I wouldn't imagine it to be like Jorge Masvidal or someone that's 170 pounds, you know, right. I guess they bring in a big guy if he's going to be an MMA guy, but I'm excited. Dan Lambert has already proven he can cut a promo. So this is fun. I love that. Um, MMA gyms can just be wrestling stables now too. <laughs> Uh, it's been that way since uh, since Antonio Inoki, man. <laughs> I really, I mean, hey, Inokiism making a big comeback, big year for Inokiism. Oh, please no. <laughs> I mean, I, I, okay, I, I'll take a UWF style fight, but yeah, no, no Inokiism, please, God, no. Our fourth match of the evening is uh, God's favorite champion, the Redeemer, Miro, taking on Big Shotty Lee Johnson for the TNT Championship. Uh this was really good. A match I expected to be a squash uh, was not. And it was Big not. Shotty Lee Johnson can wrestle. We've known Big Shotty Lee Johnson can wrestle, but we have learned that Big Shotty Lee Johnson can wrestle through his failures because he loses a lot. Mm-hmm. I think the only guy that was losing more than him for a while was probably the captain, Sean Dean. Uh, but he was taking a lot of L's. But no, the guy can go. He's a prospect that they're pretty high on and was able to show that off against Miro. And, you know, Miro... I think Bell the Bell probably one of the best guys on the roster right now. He is just crushing. His in-ring work has been phenomenal. God, he, he, he is he is magnificent. Absolutely. <laughs> he is I mean, magnificent. It's just, I mean, I hate to, you know, it's it's dead horse beating at this time, but it's just incredible that the biggest wrestling company in the world missed on that guy. Just a- astounding. Even after he he drove a fucking tank. <laughs> like an actual tank. Like an actual, honest to God, tank. <laughs> Not the toy tank that, you know, good old Shotzi as, and we love us some Shotzi Blackheart because uh, she, she Blackheart. is. Uh, it, was, it was a significantly larger tank. Yeah. <sighs> uh, Miro does get the win with game over. Uh, you know the the camel clutch into La Cavanaria, and uh, yeah, and that's uh, like about a ten minute match. Uh, and yeah, more things from Big Shotty. I'm sure Lee Johnson will be back in title contention uh, sometime in, in the near future. Uh, we then get the reveal of the broadcast team for AEW Rampage, that being Excalibur, Taz, Mark Henry, and Chris Jericho. So, you know, and the listeners know that I am anti-four-man booth. I'm mostly anti-three-man booth. I am pro-two-man booth, two-person booth. I think there should be two commentators. That's the right number of commentators. Can three work? Sure. Four, almost never. I'm still excited for this one. This is a fun grouping of people, and I think they're going to have a great time. I hope that it's not for every week, 
but uh, for a first one, sure. So, uh, yeah, so we'll see how this goes. And then uh, we have Tony Schiavone and Christian Cage, and I completely missed this because I had to deal with my dogs. So what happened on this? Uh, um, I forgot. I think this is where Christian Cage was number one contender or something. Uh, there was like a couple times I had to get up and walk away from the TV. I think this was it. And the commercial break where the Matt Cardona Pabst ad aired are two things that I missed. Mm. Um, unfortunate. You know, I, I, you know what? One of the commercials I did see during tonight's episode was the anime uh, Taco Bell Nacho Fry. Oh, wait. I, I, okay. I did catch some of this. It's where, yeah, he said he didn't uh, just have friends. He had best friends. That's right. Oh, okay. So he's talking about how he's got best friends now. Okay. Fair enough. Our fifth match of the evening, uh, legit Layla Hirsch versus the bunny in a eliminator match for the NWA women's world title. Uh, This was pretty good. This one rocked. Allie just stays underrated, dude. Bunny is really good. She's a great in-ring storyteller, a great foil for, like, really good athletic wrestlers who are, like, really good at moves. She's great at, like, being the kind of, like, slimy heel that's just trying not to get her ass kicked. But then, like, comes back with enough offense, like, through counters and through, like, you know, uh, misdirection and things like that. Uh, It's just a really classic heels type of wrestling that a lot of, you know, a lot of wrestlers are afraid to do now because they want to get all their shit in. And and I think Allie is fearless in that way and uh, leads to really good matches. And, you know, Layla Hirsch is fucking awesome. We talk about that all the time. She's so she was so good. She was a, a, a technical beast in this match. She could do. Totally do a, a UWF style match. Oh hell yeah! Oh yeah! I would love Ty Conti and Layla Hirsch in like a UWF type shoot match. Oh god! Oh my! Could god. you imagine, dude? That yes. would, oh god, that would rule. But, I mean, I mean, you and I might be the only two people who are. Into oh no! That match. I I can think of a lot of people that would be into that. Oh man! Think of that meme with the sickos up against the window. Yes! <laughs> yes! yes. <laughs> um. We had some extracurriculars on the outside, which is leading to a match next week uh, in uh, Chris Statlander versus Nyla Rose. Um, well, the the la- matchup. Well, I mean, the last time they had that match, it wasn't great. That was at Revolution 2020. But in fairness, apparently at that time, uh, Stat was uh, recovering from the flu. So, yeah, she was maybe a little off in th- that match. So, huh. The quote-unquote flu in March 2020, huh? Uh, well, it, actually, late February. Oh, the quote-unquote flu in late February 2020, <laughs> huh? I, mm. I, I, I know what you're getting. I, I know mm. what you're getting. At. Maybe she was having some respiratory issues that was leading to some. Oh, there's some, there's all kinds of things it could have been. It could have been all um, kinds of things. So and now, uh, re- so now, legit Layla Hirsch will f- go into the NWA to face Camille, and oh God, Camille fucking towered what a contrast these two cut what a visual that was and i mean that me the meme that everybody thought of has been all over and yeah it is it's it does look like that one though <laughs> I, I i can only guess where that meme came i, I saw the meme i can only guess you know where it what came it, from. you know what it came from it came from exactly where you think it's from yeah i i i, I mean i don't know the title or anything and or anything you know what i'm just Someone gonna stop might now. or might not show up with a pizza later on let's just that's all i'm gonna say <laughs> God. <laughs> uh, we then get Jade Cargill. The reason they were in that situation is because they were waiting for their cable to get repaired. Okay, continue. <laughs> One more tag. All right, let's go. But was it tweeted out by Ted Cruz? Is is the real question? 
<laughs> what if what if Dean Norris's next tweet is just like AEW gifts? Oh no. <laughs> oh no. Uh Jay Cargill, where the hell has she been? Uh Hollywood, dude. Hollywood? What's she doing in Hollywood? Uh, ask Mart Sterling. He's the boss. He's the guy doing it. He's the representative. You so know, they, that's the, they had her off TV for a little bit. Uh, she was on Elevation or Dark, not this the piece past week, but the week before in the cow, like the denim outfit that was going around. Uh, so she has appeared recently there. But yeah, they were doing like a well, she was off in Hollywood taking offers and branching out and doing all that kind right, of stuff. Right, right, right. Yeah, you're, you're right. I forgot about. It. Boy, can we just praise? Mark Sterling for his work uh, with Matt Cardona in GCW did great. Yeah. He oh did my absolutely. God. Ooh, this is going to be, you know, I think that that GCW event might be a watershed moment for a lot of people. <laughs> I don't know uh, why, but the art of horror or the one that had that happened already. Homecoming the one that happened. One. Yeah. Homecoming night. One. Yeah. Homecoming night one was big, man. I think that's going to go down in the canon of these last few years of wrestling as a major moment. Absolutely. Oh boy. And it involved motherfucking Zack Ryder, the internet champion, woo, 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 Long Island, Iced Z, Yura Hoski. Ooh, boy. That guy. Yeah. That guy. <sighs> I mean, it was a, I mean, it, it was Cardona, a. man, he's crushing. And he got a PBR commercial out of it on national TV. Did he really? He was, yeah, you didn't, you didn't see this either? No. So both of us missed it. During one of the commercial breaks on this show, PBR aired an ad featuring Matt Cardona. Oh my God. You missed it too, huh? I totally did. Yeah, yeah, I'll find it. I think the, I think it's getting. Oh, shared. I forgot to mention something too during the Miro match. Uh, Chris pointed out, Chris, you know, Chris, the former. You know who Chris is. We know who Chris is. Um, he pointed out that I guess um, there was a bit where during the picture in picture because he's watching a different feed, um, where Jr. had said God's greatest champion, and then on cue, almost like on cue, Miro looked at the camera and just said God's. Favorite champion, <laughs> like, Perfect. oh my god! <laughs> I did. I kind of missed that too. That's awesome. Well, it was on the picture in picture, so uh, we, we we wouldn't. Have, if we were watching ah. the TNT feed, we wouldn't have been privy to that. So, and that I was indeed watching the TNT feed. So there you go. Well, so was I. That's how I saw the anime Taco Bell nacho fries ad. Oh boy! Our main event of the evening: Cody Rhodes versus Malachi Black in the most subtle match you could ever hope for in AEW history. We love subtlety, don't we, Jeff? If there's anything we love, we love nuance, we love subtlety, and we, of course, love subtext. It's one of our favorite things. One hundred percent. Absolutely. Um. Okay, I did not see this coming. <laughs> I have to say. So. Uh, first of all, let's talk a little bit about uh, Malachi's kind of new package and entrance, kind of as Malachi Black, the AEW character. Love the entrance gear. Love the Yellow King, Carcosa, Green Knight kind of situation going on there with the antlers. Right. Uh, very cool. Uh, like the new entrance music a lot. And that was tough to top. His entrance music, was that Orange Crush that did his first entrance music in uh, in NXT and WWE? I, I have, I wouldn't have this foggy I can't idea. remember. I can't remember who did what, uh, but his entrance music in WWE was quite good. And uh, uh, I think this new one's really nice too. Shout out Mikey Ruckus, who's been really doing great lately. Uh, he's been he's been nailing it. The the Nick Gage entrance music, whom the bell tolls rip off, was really good. Mm. Uh, he's he's really had a couple. Uh, he's been bringing the heat. So uh, yeah, that was uh, that was a thing. Um, yeah, I did not see. I the like result, the Muay Thai though. gear, just like the black, straight up black Muay Thai shorts. Yeah, I thought that was a really good look. The make the whole thing's a good look. Um, 
I expected big things out of this match, and I expected probably what I would hope would be Cody's strongest performance since his Darby Allen feud, because his matchups since the Darby Allen stuff have been a little underwhelming. I'm a Cody defender. You guys know I'm a Cody defender. Uh, but the QT Marshall stuff, no one really gave a shit about. Um, Anthony Agogo was hampered by those rib injuries. Uh, so there really hasn't been enough he could sink his teeth into. And he hasn't been able to wrestle someone that's really at a top talent uh, uh, in a feud like this and, you know, with Mal- uh, until Malachi. And uh, I thought this match you know, started off really strong. And uh, these guys have really great ring chemistry. Anthony Agogo still should have gone over. Absolutely. Anthony Agogo still should have gone over in that field. Probably, but you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, and here we are. And you know, Cody having those wins over those guys leading to this feud makes more sense now. So you know, when you, when you look at the, at the everything as a whole, uh, I'm willing to excuse it. And you know, past is the past, whatever. Oh, I just saw that you sent me the a link to that PBR, and I forgot we we've completely forgot to mention the whole Domino's brouhaha that may have been planted. I don't, I don't know, but you know, wh- whatever the case, Domino's apparently got mad, big mad yeah. about Nick. I Gage. think it was just, I think the the statement they got were from like HRPR people who like have to immediately, you know, damp play the corporate damage control line on it. Cause they probably weren't very familiar with what went down right. uh, besides like someone being like, Oh, well there was violence and pizza cutters on this show. Do you condone this? And they had to be like, no, of course we don't, you know, yeah, but I don't really think they were very familiar with what happened. I think that was just a happy accident. I'm not going to read too deep into conspiracy theories about Domino's commercials. If you want to, you know, know about Domino's people being psychos, just look at like their, you know, Tom Monahan who founded the fucking thing. Oh boy. Yeah, there was a reason I did not eat Domino's. I'm from Detroit, man. I know how crazy Tom Monahan is. (laughs) Well, there was a big reason why I didn't eat Domino's for for many, many years. Because it's dog shit awful pizza? Like, I think that's the most important reason to not eat Domino's. Well, besides that, but yeah. Well, yeah, anyway. You heard it here first. Jeff hates Catholics. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? That's a conversation I'm not willing to get into right now. You and Malachi Black are going to start talking about how... (laughs) Never mind. Yeah, moving on. Uh, Malachi Black Black does get the win, and then we get... An emphatic win, first of all. He black masses Cody right in the jaw and does the standing step on the chest pin. Yeah, that that was pretty decisive. I ate some crow on this podcast today, Jeff. I ate my Max Caster crow, right? Right. Okay. Well, you like to say on this very program that AEW is in existence in large part for guys like Cody to put themselves over. The exact quote is four guys formed a company, the company that put that was formed by four guys to put themselves over, put themselves over. Okay. Is what I usually say. What happened here, bud? Okay. So Cody has shown occasionally he will do business against people that, have more stature than him. You mean Cody's smart and knows how to present a good wrestling product to people that they want to see and that he knows that we'd rather see those guys win and that that that's what happened? Uh I mean that that's one way to interpret that. So, so here's the thing. Matt, this this is an incredible debut first of all. This is a really great debut. It, this it, is top it, shit. You can't ask for a much better debut from a top talent than than what we did here. That doesn't happen by it doesn't happen in a vacuum and Malachi black doesn't do that on his own. And this doesn't happen with anybody else besides Cody Rhodes. This isn't as effective, right? This whole thing doesn't happen this way without Cody Rhodes being the guy that takes that kick and takes that pin. Right. But you also know that Cody Rhodes is going to get his win back 
uh, because I mean, this is exactly what happened with Brody Lee. Right. But this is like that. That's like what the story is and whether or not like it's your favorite thing or whatever. This is like what good wrestling storytelling looks like. And it's going to and like what happened at the end, I thought was phenomenal. I thought this was just brilliant. Well, people crack jokes or whatever, but I thought this was absolutely brilliant. I mean, it it wasn't bad, but I I thought he was rambling. That's the point he was supposed to be. He was supposed to ramble. It's I'm rambling until this guy hits me in the back of the head. Okay, fine. It doesn't mean it was entertaining television. I thought <laughs> it was, it was um, incredibly entertaining television. But, first I mean, of all. I mean, so it, let me let me just make sure that I, I make my opinion very clear. This was one of my favorite segments, maybe in the last like couple of months, besides Nick Gage, which is on its you know tier all its own, obviously. But like this was very high tier stuff for me, and I thought some of the really better stuff this program's put out as of late. Um, they actually had people thinking Cody was going to hang it up here, and yeah. tell me you didn't think it was going to happen. You all, and if you t- and if you tweet or you go on your fucking social medias or you fucking tell your friends that you knew for sure it wasn't going to happen, you're wrong. Bullshit. I'll, I'll say it. You're lying <laughs> right to it. my face. I'll say it. I, I had heard that there was some talk that he may be taking some time off, though. So well, I, I had. And, and, and Cody, at 36, in his current role as AEW Executive Vice President, does not to have to wrestle every week and should not wrestle every week. Cody Rhodes was probably most effective as a character as a part-timer. So I hope he wrestles part-time because I think him coming in for these type of feuds and only wrestling a match every couple of months is the most effective way to still uh, present the Cody Rhodes wrestling character. Well, you you might be right. Um, I, you know, I, I just don't really have it in me to argue the point, to be honest. So You're on a podcast about wrestling. <sighs> Our, we're literally argue points that's what the point of the show is well right but you know what we're also on a schedule so because <laughs> oh, well, we're both around a time yeah we, we, oh, we, guess, we, well turns out i'm right guess cody's the best i win woo cody 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 hey paul hey jeff your mom ah sh- damn it every time and with one that, day i'm gonna come up, um, one day i'm gonna come up with a comeback to that and uh it's gonna just blow this whole podcast up <laughs> it's gonna change the game you're right it might uh with that <laughs> we wrap up episode 86 of uh, aew dynamite uh paul i know you got somewhere you gotta be so go ahead and plug thyself you can follow me on Twitter at CoolStepUncle, twitch.tv slash ThickFlare, and of course, this very podcast, at BGTD Podcast on Twitter. One more plug, I'm very excited. So at the time of this recording, uh, we're about to announce it officially, and at the time it comes out, it will already have been announced. So I can proudly and happily say right here that um, I have accepted a role as the Friday night host of the uh AEW Rampage recap program for Wrestling Brain on Twitch. Some of you may know Wrestling Brain, uh, twitch.tv slash Wrestling Brain. Oh, thank you. Uh, they're really great guys, uh, and they have to do a really great show. They've been doing NXT shows. They've been doing AEW Dynamite shows uh, and special event kind of stuff for a while. 
they offered uh, me to join them for their uh, Rampage coverage. I had told you guys that I had been working on something. Uh, you know, this kind of opportunity came up and it was kind of serendipitous. So uh, as far as Rampage coverage goes from me, you'll be able to find me on Friday nights once Rampage begins, starting after Rampage goes off the air at twitch.tv slash wrestling brain. My co-host will be Nick East and uh, we're going to have a really great time. I'm super excited and I really hope you check that out. As for me, you can find me at Strong Style Story without the E in style on Twitter, my personal Twitter, at GDWessel, two S's, one L. Um, on the other side of things, I have another article up on FanFight this week uh, detailing the the history and evolution of the look of the now-dethroned Open the Dreamgate champion, Shun Skywalker. So uh, check awesome. that out. Uh- yeah, shout out FanFight uh, for giving you the opportunity to uh, to put these pieces out. They've been really great, and I hope you're all reading Jeff's work because I think it's fantastic. It, it, it Again, it, it's a really nice thing to be able to uh, write about something other than uh, New Japan uh, on, on a semi-regular basis. So uh, anyway, yeah, so check that out, fan, fanfight.com. Actually, you know what? It's actually fanbite.com. Just go to their uh, wrestling section, and I'm in there. So, uh, Paul. Any last words? Five gather. (laughs) We'll see you next week.